When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay. Okay, now I think we're everybody everybody done with the bits. I'm set. Everybody good on the bathroom? Uh Uh-huh. Because we're gonna start recording. Uh We're gonna start doing the show. And I'm not gonna turn around. I'm not gonna Oh, you need me to start recording? (laughs) (laughs) I am up to here. I'm up to here. I will come back there. (laughs) I'll come back there. Okay, so I'll start recording now. All right, folks. Uh, so we just finished when we were closest, and I believe was that was the scene that Nathan won the bid. Yes, I led that one. Uh, we had a a very uh, bloody clearing out of a red feather airship that was chasing us. And we had a very cool anime combat scene where we uh, massacred most of the people on board and then badly needed a shower. Yeah. Uh, so, Nathan, you are in a position because you won the scene. You mm. can either teach a lesson or change a heart. So, mm. teach a lesson. This allows you to fill in one of Tyler's unfilled slots mm-hmm. with uh, something new or change a heart, which allows you to alter a trait that was destroyed in conflict. Essentially, you can rewrite one of the crossed out traits that uh, Tyler has, if you like. Um, which I believe the only one that is there right now is is his rings. So you can replace the rings or just fill in a, a new uh, trait for Calivar. Yeah, well, it would be interesting or maybe uh, directly appropriate to replace uh, rings with like many Derringer pistols mm-hmm. um, to, to match where we currently are. I think I'm going to go and add, especially considering how the last scene resolved with the kind of discussion of Oromar being a planner and uh, Calavar being impulsive, but that impulsiveness is something that's kind of needed in the dynamic between the two of them. Yeah. Adding a new trait uh, of um, what what you value most about yourself to uh, snatch the right choice out of thin air. Ooh. Ooh, because impulsive open brackets affectionate close brackets is too simple. Let's yeah, uh, um, let's make yeah. it spicy. And I'll, I think I'll replace that two with an I. Oh sure, so, yeah. I snatched the right choice out of thin air. Yeah, sick, cool, love it. So now we are on to scene four, and this is when I lost you. Mm. The first question that we have here is, what decision lays before you? So this sits 
likely in the point where we start having major ideological conflict. Yeah, um, and this is probably years after, uh, like a, a long time after the last scene. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when when you're at your closest, like that might have been the the peak of the Ormar Calavar uh, friendship, but it could have also plateaued there for a long time. Mm-hmm. But this is definitely a period after the Bandit Queen is in the picture. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we've had some uh, very, I think, in Oromar's mind, fruitful and optimistic conversations about the the idea of establishing a a new society, a new way of living that just isn't really factoring in Calavar's own kind of like world beliefs. Yeah, I, I think a, an important thing to note is like Calavar and Oromar were aligned for a long time. Before the Bandit Queen came into the picture, the Bandit Queen, mm-hmm. like the main things that she brought to the table is she and Oromar together founded the Tempest Armada. And she has a very anarchistic approach to what the Tempest Armada intends to do with the world after the Red Feather Syndicate has been destroyed. Whereas Oromar is like, well, when the Red Feather Syndicate gets destroyed, we got to impose some laws. Uh, on the land mm-hmm. so that the red feathers never come back. And that was the ideological difference between them. We do know at some point during the lifetime of the Uhuru being a part of the Tempest Armada, that is when Calavar left. So we don't necessarily know what Calavar's ideological beef was quite yet. Mm. And th- that might be something that we're revealing in this very scene. So the question that returns, like, now that we know where we are in time, what decision lays before you? Hmm. Trying to think. Uh, uh, no, I, I feel I'm over here trying to be like, all right, well, what? It's like if if Cal, because Calavar can't necessarily like leave to go join, like, can't side with like the anarchists because that way he would join the Tempest Armada and like they'd be Gucci. But it's like, unless it's like, oh, well, do we do we strive for more anarchy than the anarchists? Yeah. I mean, it, it, you, it could be. You might want yeah. to uh, maintain that an- anarchic philosophy, but not be part of an enterprise. Uh, yeah, like, it, I, it is I, I, also like, the, presumably the theory or the, the thing that you had been operating on is like we are going to depose uh, the Red Feather Syndicate and there will be a Bandari style king um, in place of the syndicate. And probably the assumption for a long time was that king is going to be Oromar. But the thing that Calvar Calvar might be like, I'm not on board for you you being the king anymore. Mm. Uh, that that could easily be the thing um i don't i don't know that necessarily like the anarchy perspective is the bandari perspective it could even be like calvar's like i want some kind of democratic process or i don't want the i don't want to be of a ruling class i want to rove around the world and do good and it kind of feels like that's what this job is gonna be is like directing armadas and whatnot instead of you know mixing it up yeah is ormar's 
Would Ormar's like, I want to actually establish like a new working society. Is that, do you think that is too far off from like the pre-existing order of having the Bandari king and like that ruling party? Is it something completely different or is it like Mm. Ormar's take on that? Because it feels like, oh, especially since this is a degree of ideological jousting, it feels like the Bandari king at this point uh, especially is so a a legend and b uh built entirely fired like oratory like storytelling uh meaning that there are probably more than one interpretation of what the bandari kingdom was and did and the what the philosophy of the king was is maybe filtered slightly by the person that told it and i can believe that we have maybe two understandings of that legend that are similar but in some ways unfortunately irreconcilably different what decision lays before you? What is going to be the center of this argument that strikes at the core of this ideological difference that we have established between you two? Sure. We're at a position where there is about to be, if things continue as they are, a big socio-political upheaval in Sphere, if our plans collectively go as they're supposed to. And in private conversations behind closed doors, Oromar has hinted at and as they've become closer over time, become more uh, open about discussing what Oromar's personal endgame is with Calavar. Oromar has not mentioned this to Zephyr, I don't, Zephyr, I don't think. No, I don't, um, I don't think so either. I think yeah. the mystique uh, is probably working for you there. Uh-huh. And uh, I think as Oromar continues to be about more casual or open about some of his, like endgame ideas with Kalavar is maybe causing concern. <laughs> mm. Then the next question is, what wound had already been dealt between us? So this is something that has brought you, an event that brought you out of step, probably. So depending on how we end up voting for this and who's controlled the scene, I kind uh, of yeah. want this to be more textbook definition intimate than some of the others. Yeah. And how how does Calavar feel? Because we were clearly together as an item before Oromar met the Bandit Queen, and that has now opened out into a, a more complicated polyamorous relationship. Um, Ooh. Oh, and and how does Calavar? Calavar, every I feel like every Calavar has a mental, if not actual, like checklist of the times in which. Like, Calavar put an ask out to the captain, and Oromar was like, actually, I, me and Sifa are, like, doing a thing. Um, mm. And it's like, it's like we, we, we talked about this going into it. It was something that, like, seemed great. But then, uh, or it, it, Calavar, ve- like, very much, like, came to the realization that Oromar is a very hard person to share. And, like, mm. and that, that. He, no one likes that, or at least mm-hmm. Calavar does not enjoy that. Yeah, it's probably it's probably a thing that like Sifa grapples with too. And I think mm-hmm. like the thing that we have established about Oromar, um, the outside perception of Oromar, I think from people who are grounded in different cultures, is that Oromar is a philanderer. Oromar is somebody who, um, you know, has a reputation for being unfaithful in relationships, but it kind of seems like Bandari culture is more like into, like like has an established cultural practice of 
polyamory or 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 polygamy it's like yeah you can have multiple relationships so that uh, perception of Oromar's character might actually be a cultural like misapprehension however what it comes down to i think calivar was used to in the years of he and Oromar being in this relationship of being Oromar's like core heart and soul yes and mm-hmm. with sifa in the picture that is more questionable than it has ever been. Um, so the wound that exists between you is like, yeah, it's not that uh, that Calivar has trouble sharing Oromar. It's that Calivar has trouble sharing Oromar with Sifa, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Oromar falls in love with people who he feels he can ideologically like debate with. Like, in if there's an intellectual. Um, uh, friction in a good way. There's been mm-hmm. ideological frictions in a bad way many times <laughs> through yeah. through Oromar's life, but the ones that are actually positive, he will fall for. And uh, often people just haven't hit that note. And you've been the the best person to have late night talks with about the dreams, future philosophy, uh, legends. But there's now another person who can do that. Yeah, I think it's like. I think Calivar is a little torn with, like, culturally, we know this to be, like, a part of Bandari day-to-day, like, po- like polygamy, polyamory, like, exists, and, like, I think that's something that he grew up with, but in the, the again, like, the year's time of being kind of, like, the number, the A1, number mm-hmm. one person, like, in someone else kind of stepping up and, like, quickly rising those ranks like the hackles are just going up Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so this is an interesting question then where did your heart truly reside i guess this is for both of you to have your own individual answers Mm -hmm. i i think oromar's heart resides with both people i don't i don't think he feels complicated about this which is probably the most frustrating thing (laughs) Is that is like no? This is all happening exactly as it should. I get to have uh, nourishing conversations with two people I care about very much, and the fact that they are different conversations is something that he also enjoys very much. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think it's it's like my I like I am learning that Calivar is learning that like his heart lives resides exclusively with uh, with Oromar. And the trying to say otherwise is like, that's causing internal friction. Okay. Okay. And now, of course, we get to this last question. How did you look? (laughs) (laughs) At this point in your lives. We're We're well cemented at this point. I think this is a looking pretty close to present day, but pre dead. Uh, Oromar. Maybe fewer gold adornments in the hair. After all, they are uh, uh, trophies taken from uh, the, the red feathers he's slain, and there are some in that gap between now and in the future. But uh, he settled into his look of being um, a an older, established, dad-bodied, but very muscular figure. Probably, probably not uh, salt and pepper yet, or maybe no. like one or two gray hairs, if any at all. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, hey, that can happen at any time. I'm already getting gray <laughs> in my beard at this point. But yes, <laughs> I think uh, I guess established, but not crocodile. I think Calivar 
Kelivar is he's rocking a a very manicured, very thin mustache. It's like like there's a lot of like natural just like upkeep. It's like kind of pencil-y mm. thin. Um it's very tasteful, very hot. And then I think there's I mean, we're we're like we're leaning into like the he's got a bunch of like piercings like up and down his ear. That's that's that. So it was a moment of blank. I was blank and you can choose but or and you were blank. And so you'll be saying these, you know, about you'll each be saying this. It was a moment of whatever uh, you decide. You will decide where you think you are. And you will decide, like, from your character's perception where you think the other was. All right. Bearing in mind uh, of just general concept of safety tools and going slow and checking in as we go with this, mm-hmm. it was a moment of post-coital bliss. Hmm. I was up for talking the night away, and uh, you were too. Wow. Yeah, great. Uh, it was a moment of research. I was uncertain but you were resolute. In this scene, uh, because we are about to move on to the bidding, you may Mm -hmm. bid up to three times, but you may only make one bid to define. So this is a scene where if you want control of it, you will have to, uh, and and that is as a raise. So you can Mm -hmm. start the scene by making, by defining a trait, but after that, you will, to raise, you will only be able to define one more thing. If you want to raise beyond that, you will have to destroy things in order to raise. Mm-hmm. So decide on what your initial bid is going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you taught me, and I guess this is for myself. Mm-hmm. Also, let me know if I'm not doing this right. You taught me I could soar higher than any skyship. And Oromar, what are you going to bid? I would never disregard those I love. Perfect. Perfect. Ooh, wow. It is difficult to determine what is the the more valuable bid. Mm. Um, can I do a tiny add to mine? Sure, sure. Just uh, you taught me that with you. I could soar higher than any skyship. Oh, Oh, okay. Okay. Mm. I kind of feel like at this point, it kind of feels like Calivar's is more loaded. Mm -hmm. Right? I will raise. This is an encounter to what I previously said, Mm. but if if it does feel like it runs encounter in tone, I can change it. I will always be shamed by never truly listening to when Calivar's voice wavered. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, spicy. Yeah, that is spicy. Uh, yeah, I think that leaves Ormar with the current top bid. Uh, Tyler, you have yeah. one more create bid and two destroy bids at your disposal. Keeping in mind the next scene, the only bids that you'll be able to make are to destroy, uh, mm-hmm. apart from the one that starts the scene. So Myths? Oh, wait, no. Can I... Do I, ah, oh, geez, do, can I give this myth to Oromar? Uh, uh, no, so this is only, uh, this is only for you right now. Dang it, dang it, dang it. <laughs> all right, all right, myths. I once, under heavy influence f- from the night, let it slip that I wanted to be your only. Oh. Ooh, 
that's good. And that's, that's definitely really good. That's mm. definitely control of the scene. I so Nathan, raise. two two raises <laughs> remain. Two raises remain, and the only thing you can do at this point is destroy. I will destroy. I will only have someone to intellectually joust with you at my side. Oh, oh my God. Because that's no longer true. That's no longer true. Yeah, Doug. Wow. Ooh. Oh my goodness. I'll destroy. I snatched the right choice out of thin air. Oh, wow. (laughs) Ooh, God. (laughs) All right. Nathan, you have one raise remaining. I am going to set that as my max bid. I am no longer going to raise. So, Tyler, this means you have control of how this scene is going to end. And you will have the spoils of victory after the scene is over. But this is, we, we know, a scene where Oromar and Calvar are have just had a lovely time together. Um, and they are having their philosophical discussions um, where Oromar kind of thinks the evening is just going to be another lovely evening with a person that he cares about. But you are looking for something. You're, you're uncertain and you're testing Oromar's certainty. Um, mm-hmm. And by the end of this scene, like we, we do know the truth of the scene is this is when uh, Calivar lost Oromar and Oromar lost Calivar. Now, you might have continued to travel together after that, or this might be when Calivar goes, I can't, I can't do this anymore and, and leaves. I think all of that is, is kind of up in the air, which means it is up to you. If you, you can reveal that at the top of the scene, if you like, or we can hop right into the dialogue to see how the scene goes. I feel like, there's maybe some kind of like, in whatever phase they're in currently, Ormar and Calivar on the, the you know, once in a, on the times in which the ship is docked and like there is actually a time to be had and like a good time and like, you know, whatever, what have you. They found that it's kind of fun to like, before they go out that night to draw a luminary and like have that like influence the night. Mm. And well, yeah, and I feel like there was in in the heat of like you know the concluding of the night, them having a lovely time together. Like someone, like they're just kind of like joking about like, oh, you really what's what's a luminary that like you could call upon in the bedroom that feels like <laughs> oh, I'm about to I'm about to wrestle that ass. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So, who is the horniest luminary? Uh, yeah, that, that, I think that's what there I <laughs> are a couple mm-hmm. options for you in mm-hmm. terms of horny luminaries. There is the union, which is Mm -hmm. like has a romantic and community connotation to it 
for a, a, a more darker appetite, uh, yeah. there is the the rake, which mm. represents like kind of over like over indulgence. Um, the mm. idea that like you desire so much, you you stray into desiring more than can be offered or more than a person should take. There is. The Forest Queen, which uh, has a connotation of dominance to it. There is the Rusalka, which has a connotation of temptation to it. Hmm. Um, I mean, Rusalka might be the one. This is feeling more of a, a, a Jill Scott evening than a Megan the Stallion evening. <laughs> uh, for those who that matters to. Uh, <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Amazing. Hey, both evenings are great. It's just you're, the, you're having a good night regardless mm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but no this is this is much more of a chill i i think is a cool energy for for this then you know we're uh it's been um th- this has maybe been uh this is definitely a, a rope smoking staying yeah. up late chatting mm-hmm. kind of kind of night i think maybe but hey yeah, yeah, that's your scene that's uh, temptation and- desire and longing so it, it mm-hmm. kind of suggests that you are maybe shirking some responsibilities to have a good time yeah which mm. Mm-hmm. And then I think that, so that's happened. And then I think maybe like just post, like, we're just kind of like, you know, just chatting afterwards. Like, and then maybe Oromar is kind of joking or is like, I told you I could summon Rasulka anytime I wanted to or something like mm-hmm. that. And then, then I think that tees up a conversation of like, could he actually? Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. And, I can and then that, 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 le- that opens the door to like your mm-hmm. big ambitions and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. What can I say? I'm a <laughs> attempting force. I know that you had other responsibilities this evening, but I'm glad I could drag you away. The ship will descend into anarchy by the morning uh, sun. And it's, and it's all you're doing. Oh, well, this is why we employed Bathroom Barry. He, I should, he's been on the ship for... Just a couple of months now. Delightful. <laughs> Truly delightful. One of the good ones. I mean, all there's a a dismissive wave of the head. All of them are the good ones, but I, I think one of your best picks yet, considering how impulsive you can be. Impulsive, says the man <laughs> that that called that says he can call out to the luminaries in I, in in the bedroom. <laughs> I'm one to take on the aspects as desired, and they listen clearly. Mm, clearly, you 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 aspire to so much. You you claim so much. You're such such drive, mm. right? And then and then like it's like a it it hangs in the air for a second, and yet you still I you want to leave it all behind in the end. Well. <sighs> While I'm not a selfish lover, in some instances I do have to be looking after my own ends. And it's for the greater good, of course. Greater good, greater good. Calivar takes another sip of brandy. What? And this is just shooting from the hip. What is the greatest good? If in your in your all ambitious eyes to put in the work, to drive, to push, to to maim, to to steal, to establish a, a 
what we what we were missing, what was taken from us all those years ago and just to walk away. Like, <laughs> what is that good? What good is that doing? I just want to sow the seed, you know, when people are lost and directionless, when they don't have a Calavar or a Sefer in their lives to give them some direction, to give them something to look to and know that they are empowered to grow themselves. But what I'm fortunate I have you both. I feel so lucky. But what good is it ultimately if you're if you establish yourself as this beacon, as this person, as this this entity, this idea, and then just to leave everyone. We've seen what happens when the people that rise to the ranks and, and the people of legend go away. Stories get misconstrued. Ideas get tangled. The things that we intend to go- be good and stay good, well, then that's just left up to the 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 scrappy kids on the on the street with you know uh an empty belly and being and surrounded by marks i'm saying this it will go back to chaos it will go back we came from what it descends into it always does this i just i just i feel like you you you're so you're so grateful you're so grateful about having me and you're grateful about having her but it, you're 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 just not you're not thinking far enough ahead which is crazy that i'm saying this about you there's a confused smile from orimar this isn't how he was expecting this conversation to go and is unsure of how you're feeling Calavar, don't don't worry i don't intend to just disappear out of your life, out of the lives of the Uhuru, out of the lives of the uh, Tempest Armada. I want to stay here. He walks across the room to you and uh, runs a finger down your chest and leaves it where your heart is. I will always remain. A thing that might sting about this, Calavar, is that the Bendari people in important conversations, always speak with their hearts exposed to prove that they are not a demon. So, touching a person's heart as a gesture of sincerity might be a very Sifa thing. Ooh. <laughs> I, Calavar, Calavar looks down to the hand that is on his chest. There's a beat. He looks up very expectant at, uh, at Oromar, like, why is this still on my chest? chest and then i feel like if if it still hangs there Mm -hmm. calavar is like i don't know where you he he goes to like kind of very like definitively but like kind of like daintily like grab uh orimar's like wrist Mm -hmm. and remove it the hand from his chest like i don't know where you pick this up but it wasn't from me and it wasn't from us i She really is rubbing off on me. Uh, he puts his hand uh, behind his neck and bashfully look away. Even with his deep skin tone, you can tell he's blushing. I just think that you have a little too much faith in what people do in the absence of guidance. I think you are... You are... 
and <laughs> you are beautiful and idealistic and also foolish. I, <laughs> there's a moment of hanging in Oromar's voice as he, this is, this feels like to him one of our ideological jousts and so mm -hmm. has moved out of an emotive discussion now into an ideological and tactical one. <laughs> See, you should tell Sifa that. I've been trying to tell her that actually establishing a form of order and not having complete anarchy after we get what we want is important, and you clearly agree with me. If you came with me to ever speak with her next, I went to go and see her. I think we'd actually not, have a very productive I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Why not? She, because we... <laughs> We occupy two different parts of your brain and your heart. One that I don't feel inclined to rush mixing, right? I, yeah, she, she wants, she wants everything to just be like, just be anarchy. You want to have some rules. I want something even further than that. You want to make the rules and then leave. Like I want to make the rules and then stay. That's the only way that people are going to that this will persist, that this will outlive us if we are there to remind them of all the work that we did, to continue to give guidance. And, and you can do that. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be there to steer people when they're looking to others. I'm just saying that ultimately, I don't want to be in encased in a block of glass to be turned to as a singular thing to like be the reminder i i want to i want people to be empowered to be reminded without me having to be a physical object for them to turn to if you want to be that that's fine i don't want to stop you from doing anything you don't want to do it's ormar if there were anyone else on this planet that could do what you do, I would say yes, but you, this whole ship is in the sky because of you. People take up arms because of you. People follow because of you. It's because of us. It's not just me. <laughs> it could never just be me. Do you remember when it was just me? When I was threatening to chase you down for being a free person because I'd forgotten what that felt like. I can't operate just alone. I'd just be what? Not if it was just me. I feel like you stopped being not so long ago. Yes. You were <laughs> Calivar searches for the word dumb. You were also a child. I feel like you, in that time, you've grown up and you've, you are, you are the measure of a person that we should be aspiring to. I just, I want it to be you. Well, I think we all want it to be you. I need it to be you. If it's not you, then, then who? And Oromar, this echoes some concerns that Sifa has floated. The idea that if after the Red Feathers fall, you were to establish any power that, that were to exist, that even if you were the greatest king imaginable by, by any human imagination, eventually you will die 
and if that power exists, it will be replaced, and there is no guarantee for what comes afterwards. This is a uh, one of the conversational jousts that Oromar is losing, and uh, a tactic that you know that he likes to do is to uh, try and back out and make it a draw. And so he says, <laughs> you two are actually so alike in really interesting ways. I generally think it would be great for you to talk to her. I think you find a lot in common. I should go speak to Bathroom Barry and apologize for your uh, extended absence. And he goes over to you to kiss you before he leaves the room. Calavar like leans back as like, do not sheath your sword. Like we're not done now. All right. I, I just need, I need you to know that it's getting harder and harder to continue to, uh, you are the captain. You are the captain of this ship. And so I will follow you, but it is getting harder and harder to follow someone who makes it increasingly known that they don't want to lead in the end. And I'm not interested in expanding this council further. I don't want to meet her. I don't want to talk with her. And I think what was, even in the micro expressions, you can read Oromar so well. And uh, you could tell when he realized he was on the back foot. And I think you can now tell that you have uh, broken something by saying that. His, uh, his eyebrows need in a way that you very rarely see. I don't know who you're trying to hurt, but <sighs> be careful where you carelessly slash your sword if you were so insistent on making this a, a duel. You hurt more people than you realize. He turns and he will leave unless you say or do something, but yeah, he's he's making an exit. I think uh, Calavar takes another drink of the brandy and lets Oromar go. Then the question that I have for you, Tyler, how does it end up? Is this the night that Calavar leaves? Scotty Jackson. Furthermore, I shall require that you source, recruit, and hire one attractive man and one attractive woman and one attractive person who shirks the confines of pedestrian genders, of ages and temperament within a suitable range of my own, for my company, entertainment, and convenience. Furthermore, we shall require one not quite attractive man, one equally or slightly more attractive woman, and one or two persons whose attractiveness is not bound by genderedness. And... One random personage of your own choosing to keep things interesting.
That is to say, brother, on long journeys such as that upon which I shall soon embark, often linger in the most dull and uninteresting of times and means, and I intend not to lose the sharpness of my focus to doldrums real or imagined. Therefore, I propose that these persons be hired aboard one or more of my ships, that I may bear witness to their inevitable romantic entanglements, or lack thereof, during the quite long and tiresome stretches of the journey, when conversations are otherwise quite lacking. These persons must not be made aware of the true nature of their presence aboard the ship, lest the reality of their situation, comedy, romance, or lack thereof, and dramatics shall be tainted or otherwise altered by myself or any other who may observe them in their most vulnerable experiences of forced close proximity in duty and lack of sufficient number of beds in their shared quarters. Perhaps even mysterious past circumstances that link two or more of them together which shall be discovered in due time. Whoever these persons are, whatever their ways and means be, Elder Brother, I sincerely beseech you do not enclose any information regarding them unto me, that I may better enjoy the thrill of the chase in understanding them in the course of their journey, even with their petty machinations, heartbreaks, and revealing confrontations. Let it never be said that I do not support the arts. I simply do not do so on a subtle scale that even paid actors would fully perceive of in my hand. No, these tormented survivors of love at first sight may not be married within ninety days of their first encounter, nor may they find themselves here to make friends. But they will have stories to tell of their experience, for better or worse, and therefore so shall I and my crew. For it is we who shall perceive their every move and analyze their coded dialogues with one another in search of their true feelings for one another in the face of danger and adversity. Naturally, this is not the same as watching two people fall in love with their blades crossed in the middle of a storm on the battlefield of a deck of an airship. But there are few highs to rival witnessing that, I dare say. Furthermore, I will have individual chambers on each ship in my fleet for not only myself but also my additional staff, and these shall be fitting for all and orderly and thereby not pestering my things with my staffs, nor their things with the ship's crew's things, nor the ship's crew's things with the aviarist's belongings, and so on. All things have a place, brother mine, and we must abide accordingly, lest we lose our way and prove those who would subvert our way to be right. Furthermore, when we depart each stop along our way, I would have my aviarists and my warbirds sent afore me to seek knowledge and conditions of the path before us, that we may better understand weather patterns, traffic of other vessels, and additional circumstantial information, which may or may not prove vitally useful in the pursuit of my quarry. Furthermore, for myself, besides funds, ships, birds, men, dogs, and supplies already requested, I would have twenty suits of apparel, six of them excellent good ones of fine cut and cloth, eight of them for the country, the mountains, the valleys, the deserts, with appropriate fabrics and embroidered trappings, signifying thus, and six other of them of exceedingly excellent good-fashioned ones, for use in terms of heightened required dress code, and indeed suitable to wear on special occasions in Aurum and beyond. Furthermore, I would have you put in each of my ships an additional 1,000 bars of gold in the interest of paying for incidental needs and replacement of sundry items. Furthermore, I will have use of our family's name to leverage the purchasing of fine gold trim and tassels to be used upon my warbirds, tack and trappings, as befitting the young bloods in frontline efforts. 
Furthermore, as I have been, and indeed continue to be so reasonable unto you, brother, I ask that you see fit to provide my armada's personnel with appropriate wages, housing, outfitting, and so on. Not only the staff, but the airiners, the officers, the furnaceers, the aviarists, and dog keepers. Furthermore, I will have all my ships furnished, and my lodging chambers be suited with all such furniture as shall meet my use, beds, stools, chairs, suitable cushions, carpets, silver trays and utensils, including cupboards, fair hangings, and decorations and such. For my drawing-room chambers on each ship, I shall have them most delicately and tastefully furnished, with fine hangings, couch, canopy, glass, carpets, chairs, cushions, and all things thereunto rightfully belonging for my own taste. Furthermore, my desire is that you would remember what good siblings we have been and shall be that you may not be swayed from our purpose ultimate by naysayers or men whose minds cannot conceive of our truest victory. Remember what some have said regarding the young blood name, our lineage, our proud works, our reputation, our behavior perceived, and indeed recall that many would die for a grasp at our strength, but worse too, many would kill. Have a keen eye towards the untrusted, brother, and recall too that the call of greed can sometimes be found echoing within the halls of one's own house and abode too, notwithstanding one's own trust or lack thereof. So, brother, now that I have declared in no uncertain terms to you what I would have and what I would not have, I pray that when you be prudent about your sums, that you would consider the wealth I would bring to our family, and yield unto me two thousand bars more than I have already asked of you, and be generously thankful for my own efforts and grace, and double the attendance of our staff and workers too. Ever your favorite sister, Olivia Youngblood. Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter over at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. Tyler is on strike alongside his fellow members of the WGA and SAG-AFTRA. You can support Tyler and other striking artists by contributing to the Entertainment Community Fund, linked in our show notes. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at LizAnderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Captain Oromar Vale was played by Nathan Blades, who can be found on Twitter at PhantomArtsENT, or streaming at twitch.tv slash TheNeonCaster. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this podcast was written, composed, and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find him over on Twitter at Arnie Parrott or on his website, ATP Tunes. This episode was edited by Allie Grauer, who can be found on Twitter at DreamsToBecome or on her podcast, Skyjack's Courier's Call. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Lunarum. 
The World of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and Illimat, produced by Together Studios. This show was made in part by using a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system, designed by Sam Stewart and a team of talented professionals. There are no kings. Take flight. Health to the strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends ne'er to rise. Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the skies.